0: hello to everyone again we're thankful for another opportunity to study the word of god with you thank you for taking your time to listen to us we appreciate each one of you hope the word of god's a strength and a help to you through the spirit and we are in the 21st chapter of the book of first kings looking at this account of naboth and his vineyard last time we saw jezebel writing out her wicked plan Uh, a plan for the destruction of Naboth, for their own gain. And we see, uh, we got last time that she's set the plan in order. She's told what should be done. And we'll pick up this time in verse 11. We're going to see the execution of this plan that she sets forth. And the men of his city, even the elders and the nobles who were the inhabitants in his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them, and as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them. They proclaimed a fast. They set Naboth on high among the people. And there came in two men, children of Belial, and sat before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city, and stoned him with stones that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. So the judges, the elders, the nobles, those that were in authority and that were expected to be judges of truth, they have set in order and and carried out this plan just exactly like Jezebel has laid out. They they don't question. They don't uh, push back on it. They don't send back another letter and say, look, we we don't want to do this. There is no questioning it whatsoever. Jezebel's requested it, and we're going to carry this evil plan out. And we mentioned this scripture last time, I believe, We didn't read it. We quoted it and probably misquoted it. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to read it this time. Verse number 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So what's going on here? Well, we've got Satan's men. Jesus says in these words, wolves in sheep's clothing. Outwardly, they appear to be sheep. Inwardly, they're ravening wolves. Wolves. They appear to be the right thing. They appear to be godly men and women. They appear to be children of God and upright, upstanding members of the church. But in truth, they're filled with Satan and deceitfulness and lies and murder resides in their hearts. Well, that's what's happening here. Here's the nobles and the judges and the elders of the city. Here's people that are in positions that they're expected to be ministers of the truth, expected to uphold justice and judgment, expected to be men of truth, and no doubt respected by their peers in that manner, and yet they are servants of the devil and they're gonna carry out the devil's orders. Well, Paul says in Second Corinthians, don't be surprised by that. Don't be shocked that men that are the devil's men look and appear like the real thing. Because Satan can appear as an angel of light, so his ministers can appear as ministers of righteousness. But certainly they're not. These men were not judges, they weren't nobles. They appeared to be, but inwardly they were ravening wolves and carry out evil without question. Now this brings us to a hard truth here and one that's, one that's really hard for people to swallow. But in, in this present evil world, a world that is cursed with sin and a world filled with servants of the devil, justice is rarely dealt out. It's rare that you see the right thing done. Now, I know that's hard because we think in our minds, well, we've done what's right. We ought to be blessed for that. Well, in truth, Naboth done what was right and he's going to die for that. The Lord Jesus done what was right and he died for that. And so real justice is rarely ever carried out. In Ecclesiastes, an Ecclesiastes, a book written by Solomon, a man who was the wisest man on earth by the blessing of God. But a man that fell away and followed after idols and false gods because of the women that he married, his heart was led astray. And it looks like in Ecclesiastes, he's an old man here. He's looking back on how that he wasted his life in that manner. And he has a very low view and opinion of this present world. It's vain. It's empty. It's worthless. It's of no value. And of a truth, that's the way it is. This life is as vain as empty and wicked. In Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 16. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment that wickedness was there and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. So he says, I'm observing, and in a place where there ought to be judgment and justice handed out, there's wickedness. In a place where there ought to be righteousness, uprightness and equity, and there's iniquity there. So that this is corrupted, and this world is corrupted. Here in in Kings a place where justice ought to be done under the hands of men that ought to be concerned about justice and being fair and getting down to the truth. Iniquities there, sin and ungodliness. And you know, that's the case with churches today. Places where there ought to be righteousness, places where family or where the community ought to be able to resort and hear the word of God. And behold... There's a lie there. Places where a man of God ought to be standing. And there's ministers of the devil there. Not serving God, but serving the devil, doing the devil's work. Would you say these men are doing the devil's work here in First Kings? I, I believe you would. There's, there's many men doing the devil's work in pulpits today as well. Places where there ought to be judgment. In Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 1, so I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun. And behold, the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter. On the side of the oppressors there was power, but they had no comforter. He's looking, and I believe you could see this with Naboth. Here's a man trying to do the right thing. He's going to be oppressed. He's going to be killed for it. And there's, there's nobody on his side. No, on the side of the oppressors, Ahab and Jezebel's side, look, there's power. There's plenty. But boy, you look at it, you look at it with a natural eye and my God, what's the point of following God? What's the point of trying to do the right thing if this is going to be what happens? No comforter. No help. But on the side of the enemy, there's power. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 14. There is a vanity... Which is done upon the earth. That there be just men unto whom it happeneth according to the work of the wicked. Maybe that sounds hard to understand, but I believe we can see it. Naboth, a just man, is going to be stoned like a criminal. The Lord Jesus, the righteous God man, is going to be crucified like he's a malefactor, a criminal worthy of death. The just are receiving the judgment that ought to come to the wicked, and again there be wicked men to whom it happeneth according to the work of the righteous. I said that this also is vanity. So Barabbas, a wicked man, he's going to be set free. And the just man is going to be crucified. The wicked man Ahab and the wicked woman Jezebel, they're going to get a vineyard out of this. And Nabal's going to die. Boy, that just ain't fair. And the truth is, this life's not, it's just not going to be fair a lot of times. Justice is not going to be served. You can thank the devil. You can thank sin. You know, the funny thing is, is that God's the one that's blamed a lot of times. What God, why didn't justice, why isn't this fair? Why isn't this the right thing? When the truth is, the reason the world is cursed with wickedness like it is, it's not God's doing. It's the doing of the devil and man that has plunged himself away from God. The wickedness, the unfairness, the lack of justice, that's a result of turning back the back on God, going the other direction. But this life, this life's not fair. But know this, that all things will be set in order. Though God may allow in this present evil world for sin and unrighteousness and wickedness to seemingly win Yet, God will set all things in order. And that's where he comes back again. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse number 9. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. Walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes, but know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. In chapter 12, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say I have no pleasure in them. You know what's happening here? Man's getting closer to death. Man's drawing near and what's going to happen when he dies? God's going to bring man into judgment for this life. My God, this life ain't fair. No, it's not fair. This life's full of wickedness. Amen? It's full of wickedness. But know this, the righteous at the end of this life, they're going to be justified by the Lord Jesus Christ. And the wicked are going to give an account. They're going to be brought into judgment. Everything is going to be set in its proper order. David says in Psalm number 73, the 73rd Psalm, a, a well-known scripture, I would say. This is Asaph, not David. I'm sorry. In chapter, Psalm 73, verse number two. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well-nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. You know what's happening? He's looking out over life and here's all of these wicked men, ungodly men, no regard for God and they are prospering and the the righteous and God's servants are being walked on. Think about it now. As you look at David, the, the anointed man of God for the kingdom, and Saul, the man forsaken of God, did Saul not walk all over David for many days? He did. Asaph says, I about slipped and fell when I looked naturally and I saw how they were prospering and how the righteous was suffering. But on down in verse 17, he, he well nigh slipped until... I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. So he went down to the sanctuary and he saw, wait a minute, this judgment of God is coming and God is going to set everything in order then. That's what Moses says in Hebrews chapter 11. Moses had respect under the recompense of the reward. He saw what was coming at the end. There's where the people's eyes ought to be. It ought to be looking towards the end because God's going to set all things in order. Everything's going to be accomplished. God's will and justice is going to be served. But it's not always going to be served in this life. That's a hard fact to swallow, to get a hold of, but it's it's just not. So uh this wicked plan is carried out at the hands of wicked men, Naboth. And if you remember, we looked in 2 Kings chapter 9. Let me just turn there one more time and let me read it again. 2 Kings 9 verse 26. Surely I have seen yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, saith the Lord, and I will requite thee in this plat. So God says, I saw Naboth's blood and his son's. So this wicked plan's carried out. Naboth is stoned. His sons are stoned because he stood up for the word of God. And the word comes back to Jezebel saying, Naboth is stoned. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, which he refused to give thee for money for Naboth is not alive but dead. And it came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. So we see in verse number eight that Jezebel wrote letters in Ahab's name and she sealed it with Ahab's ring But I don't see that Ahab was aware of what was going on behind the scenes. I don't know that Ahab was aware what Jezebel was plotting and what she was going to bring to pass. But even so, he wanted it. She says, I'm going to get it for you. And now she's coming back to him and saying, go on down there. Naboth's dead. Take possession so that word, if you look that up in Strong's, take possession of the vineyard, that word means to occupy by driving out previous tenants to seize. So Naboth is dead. He doesn't ask any questions. He, he doesn't oppose. But Ahab, he just goes right on down Pleased that he can have, really, the desire, the lust of his heart. And in Psalm, the 50th Psalm, verse number 17, Seeing thou hatest instruction, and castest my words behind thee. When thou sawest a thief, then thou consentest with him and has been partaker with adulterers. So he did not make the plan. He didn't carry the plan out. But he was pleased with the outcome. He was pleased with him gaining. And yet, he consents with a thief, and he's as guilty as someone that took part. In Romans chapter 1, we read verse 32, this wickedness, this reprobation of man, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Ahab, he didn't kill. Now, he had killed, but he didn't kill this time. But he was pleased that Naboth was dead because he got what he wanted out of it. Well, it pleases the devil to bring about the death of those that'll stand upon the word of God. So she comes and says, look, Nabal's dead. Go take possession. There is zero thought about God in the midst of all of it. And that's the way man lives his life today with no regard nor thought about God that's watching and seeing all things that's going on. In the 94th Psalm, verse number six, they slay the widow And the stranger, and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, The Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Understand, ye brutish among the people. And ye fools, when will ye be wise? He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? He that chastiseth the heathen shall he not correct. He that teacheth man knowledge shall he not know. The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man that they are vanity. There may not be any thought given towards God and God's judgment. They may think that God's not taken notice. And man thinks today that he's free to do as he pleases And nothing's ever going to happen. But that is simply not the truth. Go and take possession. It's yours. But God is watching and aware the whole time. Chapter 8 verse 12. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark, every man in the chambers of his imagery? For they say, The Lord seeth us not." The Lord hath forsaken the earth. Do you think the Lord's forsaken today? Do you think God's not aware of what's going on? Do you think God doesn't see the injustice? And do you believe that God is going to leave it alone as it is? God sees. God's aware. God's judged in the past and God's going to judge in the future, and though it may appear as it looks that the wicked have it far better than the righteous, would you look towards the end and realize that the judgment of God is soon coming, and everything is going to be set in order at that judgment. Naboth's judgment and Ahab's judgment, do you think Ahab's going to pay You think Jezebel's going to pay? My God, they're going to pay a price so great that this life and the good that they got from their injustice is going to be forgotten. Man may live in disregard of God today, but tomorrow judgment comes. And I don't mean that literally, but you know judgment is sure and certain and coming at the end. So Ahab's going to go down and possess, and he's not going to do like david and uh, just being honest, here's a scripture that I've had a hard time uh seeing but I think I think it ties in right here in second samuel twenty three verse fifteen, and David longed and said, "Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate." And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things did these three mighty men. So David now, the kingdom and the palace was there, and no doubt he's cast out. They're outside of Bethlehem. And David says, Oh, how that I would desire a drink of the well of Bethlehem. Now David didn't intend for these men to go down there and get him a cup of water. That's not what he was saying. But he was saying his desire was that the enemy would be run out of Bethlehem and they could inhabit that land again. That was David's wish. But these men, they said, David wants a drink of the well. We're going to go get it. And they took their weapons and their armor and they broke through the enemy lines and fought to the well, drew out a cup of water and brought it back to David that he might have to drink of the well of Bethlehem. They put their lives at risk to go and get that water. Talk about mighty men. They were mighty men desiring to please the king. And yet David takes the water then and he says, I can't I can't drink this because these men put their blood on the line that I might have it and he pours it out to the Lord as an offering to the Lord. Ahab here, he doesn't say, well, I wanted that vineyard, but by the injustice that it was attained by, I'm not going to go down there and obtain it. No, he says, I'm going to go and get it. David doesn't have that heart. Though David wanted a drink, as he said, David poured it out unto the Lord and wouldn't drink it because those men had risked their lives. Well, Ahab consented with the evil and he went down to take possession. And the Bible doesn't, he didn't send a servant down. When Ahab heard that he was dead, Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Nabal. Ahab was so pleased that he got up himself and went down to take possession. Now, no doubt, Ahab had a lot of plans for what he was going to do with this little piece of property. No doubt, before he even offered Naboth, he thought, boy, I can grow this and that and it'll be right next to my house and we'll be able to go out and collect fresh food right at the back door of the palace. He had in his mind what he wanted it to be. Man, today, they've got in their mind what they want their life to be. And boy, in a moment... In a twinkling of an eye, they're cut off and they stand before the Lord unaware. That man said, I'm going to pull my barns down. I'm going to build greater and it's going to contain all of this that I've grown. And that night he was cut down and his soul was required. Well, that's what happens to Ahab. Ahab says, I'm going to go and I'm going to take possession of this myself. And you know who God's going to have meet him down there? Elijah's gonna meet the man Ahab. Though injustice was done, a great injustice, and a wicked, a wicked plan so far beyond what, oh man, you talk about wicked. Here is the definition of wicked. That we're gonna murder a man over a piece of property. We're gonna do it under the guise of religion and courtroom justice. We're gonna have the judges pick out criminals to bear false witness. The judges are going to tell the criminals what to say and then the judges are going to execute a man based on testimony that they set up from men that they knew were criminals that they had... You talk about crookedness. I mean crookedness down to the very levels of Satan himself. Injustice was done, but the word of God, it's not going to remain. The wicked are going to be cut down in their rebellion and in their sin. So we, we read a lot in Ecclesiastes earlier. That last couple verses of Ecclesiastes, you know what he comes down to? Let us hear the conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. There's a lot of joy that could be had in this world. There's a lot of gain that can be got. There's a lot of good that we can have in this life. But know this, at the very end of it, none of that is worth five cents. Solomon the old man, that had experienced and seen and went through so much, he could look back over his life at all of the pleasure and all of the joy and all of the good that he had experienced and that he had enjoyed and he could say, this is the bottom line. Fear God and keep His commandments because everything else is coming to an end. It's temporary. The wicked are going to be cut off and judgment's going to be served. Though today wickedness may be abounding, though today injustice might be carried out, though today the righteous may be suffering as the wicked and the wicked are prospering, know this in the end, judgment's coming. And what the wicked receive is going to outweigh the good that they enjoyed in this life. And what the righteous receive is going to outweigh the suffering that they endured in this life. I thank you for your attention. Thank you for listening to us. Hope you have a wonderful week. Pray for us, and we love you.